2 Chronicles chapter 20. The theme for us here at Mission this year is God is faithful. And whether we want to recognize that or not, it remains to be. God is faithful. God is faithful even when we're going through tough times. God's faithful when you're experiencing great times. God is faithful when you're not so sure. You could turn the lights back down. It's a fact that God is faithful. In this passage, according to 2 Chronicles 20, we've been combing through the scriptures so that we can remind ourselves of the importance of trusting in God. Reminding ourselves of the importance of growing our faith. In this passage, King Jehoshaphat was startled. The Bible says that Terror struck his heart at the news that the Moabites and the Ammonites and the Melnites had established an alliance of three huge armies coming to attack Israel. Israel was outnumbered. And Jehoshaphat ruled and reigned from Jerusalem. He was in the south. He was in Judah. And as he was listening to the story and the report that these three armies had come to attack him, he knew immediately that he was outnumbered. He was overmatched. And so he went to the Lord. Jehoshaphat had a father who also went to the Lord. His name was Asa. Can you say Asa? Asa was a man who tore down the altars of worship throughout Israel. Asa was a man who God spoke to in chapter 15 of 2 Chronicles. And a word from the Lord came to him saying, If you seek the Lord... The Lord will find you. If you desire his presence, he will be with you wherever you go. But if you forsake him, then the Lord will forsake you. In other words, God's saying, hey, whatever your desire is, that is how I'm going to interact with you. You don't want me around? I'll respect your wishes. But thankfully, Asa believed the word of God and he responded to seeking God and God established his presence with Asa, the king. And because of Asa seeking the Lord and doing what God had desired for him and for all the people of Israel, it affected Jehoshaphat. 
In other words, the way that you and I choose to go about serving and worshiping God and seeking Him will determine the generations after us. Raise your hand if you want the generation after you to serve God. So then you better start serving Him now. If you want your children to be lost, broken, destitute, destroyed, then don't serve God. And God will keep his distance from you just the way you you like it. I don't know why anybody would want to choose that. I don't know why anybody would want to walk in their own ways and not in the ways of the Lord. I don't know why anyone would not desire the best things that God has to offer them. Oh, it's because you don't know. Oh, it's because, man, stop with the excuses. Stop with the the reasoning. Stop with the justification. Stop. People of God, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. You want God's presence in your life? Then seek his face. You want your children to walk with the Lord and seek the Lord? Then show them how. Because the Bible says that Jehoshaphat followed in his father's footsteps in going to the Lord and in seeking God's presence. And that's why he learned how to turn to God. That's why he learned how to have faith in God. Amen. I said I wasn't going to preach today. I was going to teach. In chapter 20, turn with me, please, and, go, and let's start. Let's pick up in, in verse 20. So 2020. Second Chronicles 2020. Second Chronicles 2020. The Bible says this. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa, which was in Judah, you guys, the southern region of Israel, in the desert. As they set out, Jehoshaphat, which his name means God judges, Jehoshaphat, Jehovah Shaphat, he stood and said, listen to me, Judah. You know that Judah means praise? And people of Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Yerushalayim means foundation of peace. Listen to me. Praise and foundation of peace. Have faith in the Lord, your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. Somebody say believe. Believe. Somebody say have faith. The word for have faith right here in Hebrew is aman. And aman, it uh, sounds like the Greek word amen. So we have these two ancient languages, aman and amen. And they both mean to confirm. They both mean yes. They both mean to support. So I believe they come from the same root words and meaning. Aman and amen. Have faith. Aman. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. Here we go. Watch verse 21. And after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing 
and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. Hallelujah. So here, Jehoshaphat stands before the people in the middle of this desert. And as he stands before the people, he's preparing himself. He's poising himself to speak, to speak life over the people of God. Another version says that, and after he had consulted the people, which just means after he exhorted, after he advised, after he counseled them, he told the people what they were going to do. They're about to go into battle against these three tremendous armies. And as he did that, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord. Now we know that those that were set aside and called to lead in worship and praise and in music, they're called the Levites. Somebody say Levites. Levites. The Levites were one of the tribes of Israel that come from the tribe of Levi. So they're Levites. It's also where we get the book in the Bible called Leviticus. Okay, so there's, there's priests and there's ministers of music and of the word of God. They all come from the same tribe. In other words, this tribe was, was set aside for the things to, of God, to do the work and the ministry of God. These are the Levites. So these people, their job was to play music. Their job was to sing, much like many of our worship leaders and singers and musicians that, that are here and our pastors that were just here on the stage. Many of them are called to do the work of God, and that is their portion from the Lord. That's their portion. That's what they do. It's, what, it's their livelihood. So Jehoshaphat calls these people whose livelihood, whose calling, whose portion from the Lord was to do the work of the Lord. And they came forth. And they stood before all of Israel and Judah. The Hebrew word for in front of is lipne. Which means they were at the face of, they were at the front of, or at the head of, right? All the people. And Jehoshaphat called them to sing. Okay? They're calling them to sing. I wonder why we start our Sunday morning services with singing. I wonder why worship services around the world today are starting their services with singing and worship. It's not just lip service. Singing is not just lip service. Singing is not just, hopefully, our keyboard player and our bass player and, and, our, and our singers can, can sing on, on key and, and they can play with the right rhythm. And all those things are great. But we don't come here together to sing and to worship God just to give, give lip service to God. Or to sing empty truths. Or empty statements or empty principles out loud. The, the meaning and the, the point why we start in worship and in praise and we, we enter into with music with hands lifted up, or some of us are a little bit more impassioned than others. 
Some of us like to move around. Some of us like to shout amen, hallelujah. Some folks like to whistle, amen. Some of us don't know how to do all that, but it's like fire in our bones. If if you only knew what was going on in my heart right now. It's so that we go into battle, prepare. It's so that every day when you wake up, you wake up on the right foot in praise, being prayed up for battle. That trouble that you're going through is not the only battle that you face. How many of you know that every day is a dogfight? Every day is a battle. Especially if you live in Los Angeles and have to drive in Los Angeles traffic. Every day is a battle. Every day. So he calls these people. He appoints men. Who are the Levites to sing to the Lord and to praise him. For the splendor of his holiness. In other words, they're coming to sing songs that are going to bless the name of God. And when you bless the name of God with your mouth, with your lips, it is called the fruit of your lips. Praise is the fruit of your lips. How many of you remember what Jesus said? It's not. What goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out? The fruit of our lips, whatever we say, is a direct correlation to what we're thinking, how we live, and it comes from who we are. Y'all know what that means, right? You guys, if we, are go- if we are struggling with things in our lives, our thoughts, our words, our attitudes are such that we keep saying things to people. We keep acting a certain way. It's because those things are a byproduct of who we are. So sometimes the battle that we're fighting the, the war that we're, ra- that we're waging is an internal battle of overcoming the things that Satan has brought into the world that have made their way into our hearts. Raise your hand right now if you're working through something in your own life. Raise your hand. Raise your hand, church, if you're, you're working through something in your life. Then take that to the Lord and give it to the Lord. Surrender it to the Lord. And the way that you wash your mind with the things of the world is by praise. Is by worship. You remember when we didn't, when when our, our praise language used to sound like the world? Remember, our praise language is a whole bunch of four-letter words. You remember that? 
You guys, I, I played college and professional sports. And you know that sports, sports telecasts, they do their best to try and, um, what is it, delay what goes on on the court or on the field because there's, there's a, a whole lot of colorful language, right, that happens out there. Some of you that work at the docks, some of you that work over at the, at the, uh, the railroad track, some of you, they say um, there's a saying, um, he cusses like a sailor, right? It, it, don't, it don't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what you do. Sometimes there's a culture that surrounds the places that we're a part of. But the Bible says also that we don't, we're not of the world, right? Although we are what? In the world. So you're in the world, but you're not of the world. So in order to allow the Lord to change the way you think, the way you act, the way you are, you have to go every morning on your, on your knees Seeking God's face and praising him, trusting in him and asking him to change the way we talk, the way we think, the way we are. Because that's what followers of Jesus do. And then the Lord starts to give you a new praise language. Replacing old four letter words with. New four-letter words like Lord. Like, amen. Love. But that's a process. It's a process to learn how to praise before your problem, during your problem, and then praise after your problem. It's a process. And don't be too hard on yourself when you fail, when you, when, when you, when you fall, when you, you slip up a little bit and you kind of, we kind of revert. Hey, just get back on the, on the train. Get back on the train. As they began to sing in praise, verse 22. The Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. The men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men of Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Verse 24. And when the men of Judah... came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army. They saw only dead bodies laying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. And on the fourth day, they assembled it in the valley of Berakah, the valley of blessing, where they praised the Lord. Somebody say, where they praised the Lord. This is why it is called the valley of Berakah to this day. Then led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem. 
For the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. And they entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of God with harps and lutes and trumpets. Stop there. So people of God, we see here that God was teaching Israel how to worship before the war, worship during the war, and to worship after the victory. That's so important for us as Christians. It's so important for us to turn on that music, to get your day going on the the right track. It's so important in the middle of your problem, in the middle of your situation, in the middle of your pain, even though you don't feel like it, to turn on that worship music and that praise music and be ministered to at that moment by people who have already penned the very problems that you're facing and the solutions to those problems. And and what is the solution to our problems, guys, if it isn't? To praise God at all times. To consider it pure joy when we face trials of various kinds, according to James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. I'm standing here before us today, and I I just want to strongly urge us to continue to seek God's face before we react. Before we speak out, you know, how many of us are harder on, on, on ourselves than we are on, on other people? And so sometimes because we're so hard on ourselves and because the situations of life sometimes grab us by the tail and are swinging us around, we start making life a living hell for everybody around us. You guys, it's at that moment that we have to recognize God's desire for us to do it a different way. It's it's up to us at that moment to recognize that you're starting to say negative and mean things to your own children. And you need to stop that right there. And you need to go apologize. And you need to correct it. And you need to repent. And you need to turn that situation around and say... To your wife, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I keep saying those things. It's because we are not inviting the Holy Spirit. We're not allowing us to to have a life of praise and a life of prayer that's going to burn off all of those things that come straight from the pit of hell. Causing us to live in sin and to cause people to sin and to sin in our anger and to go to bed at night in our anger. During the pandemic, it was a wonderful time for people to be divided and for people not to be in church and for people to, to start establish bad habits again. I speak to my friends who are in law enforcement. I sit, I sit as the president of the Carson Sheriff's uh, Station Support Foundation. I work directly with the captain of the Carson Station. Uh, I work in many, many interfaith coalitions with the sheriff of Los Angeles County and, and different groups all around. And they, tell, they told me that over the last three years, domestic violence has increased by close to 30% in Los Angeles County. 
that violence between husbands and wives has increased 25%. Violence between father and sons, 26%. Violence between mothers and daughters, 27%. And that has been the greatest increase of crime that we have been seeing in our land. Why? Because we have not allowed the word of God to convince us that there is another way to do things that is different from the way that we learned from our own fathers. It's time to break the generational curses. God's calling us to, to worship before, during, and after the war. You can't give the enemy a foothold. Don't give him an inch. Don't give him an opportunity. They sang. Jehoshaphat and his commanders and his warriors, they didn't lift a finger. They didn't file a sword. They didn't recorrect a bent spear. They didn't, they, they didn't meld themselves a shield to go into battle because the Lord directed them to come together to set aside a time of prayer and fasting. And the time that they got together as a people to pray and fast together, somebody say together, changed everything. They didn't have to pull arrows from their quiver. They didn't have to pull back on the bow. They invited the Holy Spirit to go before them. That's crazy, Pastor. That's ludicrous. Don't nobody handle things in this world that way. That's crazy, Pastor. Now, you should have seen what they said. You should have seen what they've done. I know. I've been there. I've done it. I've said it. I've been the recipient of it. I've responded in ways that I'm not proud of, too. We all have. We all have. But we have to trust that God's way is the better way. We got to. We got to, we got to, we got to break that generational thing. So you tell me I'm supposed to just pray and just pray for my enemy and pray for my, pray for my problem and not take it into my own hands. So you mean I'm supposed to just do that when my boss is trying to fire me? So I'm supposed to just do that when, when this person over here is attacking me on that? I go, well, you could take it into your own hands. You can do it however you want to do it. Just remember the result is your reward. 
the result that you get is your reward and God's hands are washed clean of, of, of dealing with you in that matter or, or, or going before you or helping you or doing whatever it is that God actually wants to do in, in your life because we've taken those things into our own hands. You see what I'm saying? Well, that person over there, they're blessed. And that person over there, they're blessed. And all that. I don't see any problem with, their, with them. And they're blessed. And they seem to be doing everything on their own. Like, you don't know what people go through. You don't know what is hiding behind that smile. You don't know what is going on beneath those, those, those eyes. You don't know. We don't know what goes on in the depths of a person, in the soul of a person, do we? But the Lord is calling us, you guys, to trust, believe in God. And that is the key to the praise. That's the key to the worship. That's the key to singing. Is you have to believe what you're singing. You have to believe what you are saying. You have to believe what you are proclaiming. Because when you sing and when you praise and when you worship and when you open your mouth, you are putting things and setting things up into existence, whether good or bad. The songs that we sing are proclaiming and declaring over our own lives whether we, are, we realize it or not. And that is why we have to sing and praise the Lord. God, God is calling us to, to sing praises. Look at verse 21. To sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. In other words, you guys, those times of praise and that time of worship and that time that we dedicate to him. You're prophesying over yourself. You're prophesying over your situation. You ever see athletes when they have earphones on, they're getting ready before a competition? You have to surround yourself with the things of God. Surround yourself with worship. Saturate yourself with the time of praise. You know, one of the great coaches of Carson High School, his name was Gene Volnogel, back in the 70s and 80s, back when Carson football was number one in the nation. They were a national power. And every time they would play a football game, whether in the locker room or on the bus, the coach would lead them in a song called Onward Christian Soldiers. And the whole team, offense and defense, would be singing this song together before they played a football game. And this is one of the verses. Onward Christian Soldiers. Marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before Christ, the royal master, leads against the foe forward into battle. See his banner go. And then the, the refrain onward, Christian soldiers marching as to war. Verse two, at the sign of triumph, watch this, Satan's host doth flee. On then Christian soldiers on to victory. Hell's foundation quiver at the shout of praise. 
Brothers, lift your voices. Loud, your anthems raise. Verse 3. Like a mighty army moves the church of God. That's us. Brothers, we are treading where the saints have trod. We are not divided. All one body we. One in hope and doctrine. One in charity. Verse 4, finally. Onward then, ye people, join our happy throng. Blend with ours your voices in the triumph song. Glory, laud, and honor unto Christ the King. This through countless ages men and angels sing. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war. With the cross of Jesus going on before. Christ the royal master. So on and so forth. Praise changes things. Prayer changes things. Worship changes things. Your business going through a hard time? Begin to go to the Lord and praise. Take your situation to him and let him work on your behalf. He'll work when you're sleeping. He's greater than Santa Claus. Because he's real. But if you don't believe in what you're singing and what you're praising, what you're praying for, if you don't believe in God, if you don't believe that God can do the impossible, if God can change your situation and do a miracle, then it is just lip service. We are just going through the motions. We are just coming to church, sipping on our latte. When's church over? You'll continue to struggle in your own battles. You come with the intention to serve God and to put him at the center of every single thing that you go through. You will see God move. In the book of Joshua, we read about the march around Jericho. For six days, they marched around the city of Jericho one time each day. And on the seventh, they marched seven times. And after the final and seventh lap around Jericho, the walls came tumbling down. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and the walls came a-tumbling down. You can talk about your man of Gideon. You can talk about your man of Saul. But there's no one like good old Joshua in the battle of Jericho. Isn't that an unorthodox way of fighting a battle? Marching around a city and then blowing the trumpet and then declaring in the name of Jesus the victory and then God gives them the victory? That's crazy. How about when Paul and, and Silas were in prison 
In Acts chapter 16, the Bible says, and they sang and began to sing hymns and worshiping God. And all of a sudden, there was a terrible and mighty earthquake that began to shake the floors and the, the, the prison gates flew open and the chains that were locked to all of the prisoners came straight out of the loops that they were all fastened to. You guys, God wants to demonstrate to you that he is a God of the miraculous. He is a God of the supernatural. He wants to fight your battles. He wants you to understand that your battles are not yours. They're all his. What, what, is, what do you say, Mama Carla? God's will, his bill. You don't know where that rent check is coming in, people of God. Bring it to the Lord. Trust in him. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet, people. Stand to your feet. No, man, I could go on. I could go on and on, but I'm going to stop right there. I could talk about Ephesians 6 and the full battle, the full armor of God. But I'm not today. But I do want to invite everyone back next Sunday where we're going to talk about the Valley of Berakah. We're going to talk about that blessing, that valley of blessing that the Lord has for each one of us in our church. Let's thank him for his patience. Let's thank the Lord for remaining faithful to us even when we're not. Let's thank the Lord for working with us and helping us, teaching us. Father, we thank you, Lord. And we love you. If there's anybody here today, Lord God, who is not sure what to do, not sure where to go. Maybe there's somebody here, Father God, hearing your word for the very first time. Father, I pray that their hearts are opened to your son, Jesus. And Jesus, I pray, Father God, that you would begin to work in that person's life. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would begin to mold and shape a new heart. A heart that already belongs to you, God, but I pray that they surrender it themselves. Father, I pray for the salvation of those, Father, who don't know you as Savior and as Lord. I pray, Father, that today they would have a reckoning with you not just because of what you can do for them, but because you desire to have a relationship with them, which is the most important thing. That they would understand what eternal life is and that it, by the forgiveness of sin, Lord Jesus, and by one placing their trust and faith in you, Jesus, as God, that they can receive eternal life and be born again. Help us, Father God to fight against the ways that the world says we're supposed to do it. Help us, Lord Jesus, to remain faithful to you, to learn your ways. We thank you, Father, for King Jehoshaphat, for turning to you, and recognizing your faithfulness to him and your people. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said...
Amen. God bless you, church. You're dismissed. Love you.